You're listening to a message from Gateway Church Geelong. We hope it blesses you. For more information about Gateway, visit gc.org.au. Today's Mission Sunday and or focus a focus on missions. And each month we look at a missions initiative, but once a year um, we t- really take a moment to focus on missions. And if you've been around church circles for a while, maybe missions is a word that you've heard of mentioned. Anyone been around church for a while and heard the word missions mentioned? You know, maybe maybe you have it. Maybe it's new to you, and you hear the word missions, and you're like, "Oh, what does that mean to me?" Kind of thing. Um, and I looked up the dictionary of, dictionary definition of missions, and it says an important job that someone is sent somewhere to do. An important job that someone is sent somewhere to do. And so, if you know, if you're a bit of a movie buff, maybe you hear the word missions, and you think of a particular movie series. You know, it goes then 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 then. Yeah, anyone know what I'm talking about? I see a few faces that know that. You know, this Ethan Hunt and his team of people who go and do these ridiculous things that no one can actually do in real life, but in the, mish, in the movie, it just seems super possible. But maybe you're not like an action-packed movie person. Maybe it's more like, you know, the Lord of the Rings where they have this impossibly difficult mission of taking this ring to be destroyed through this impossibly difficult track. Like, that is what an important job that someone is sent somewhere to do kind of sounds like. But see, from a faith perspective, the dictionary also has a definition of mission. It says this, a ministry commissioned by a religious organization to propagate its faith or carry on humanitarian work. See, that's another definition, that a ministry is something that people of faith can do to share their faith or also to carry out humanitarian work. So what do you think of when you hear the word mission? Maybe you think of Ethan Hunt and his team. Maybe you think of... Movies, maybe you think of something important that someone does. What do we sometimes think mission looks like? Whose face do we think of when we think of mission? Who is called to missions? See, growing up in church, like we had a family friend who was a missionary in a foreign country. And so in my mind, when I hear the word missions, I always think of this person's face. Like, you know, someone who's in a foreign country, in a developing country, working with other people. Is that the kind of face you think that comes to mind when you think of mission? Or perhaps you think of someone doing humanitarian work, someone providing relief or aid in, in a country where that there's been tragedy or something that's occurred. Well, definitely true that you know, these pictures, these images are people who are on mission. But what if I were to say to you that the face of mission also can look different? What if I were to say to you that these are the faces of mission? You and I are the face of mission. You know, as I look across the room, You know, insert your picture in this spot here. John, you are the face of mission. Monica, you are the face of mission. Lana, you are the face of mission. Joanne, you are the face of mission. Margaret, you are the face of mission. Friends, can I encourage you? See, we might have that idea that of that person in a developing nation, you know, surrounded by children working in a developing nation. That's definitely a part of mission. But you and I, my friends, you and I are what mission looks like. See, Jesus gave us this instruction as his followers while he was on earth. In Matthew 28, 19, he said, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That Jesus called us to make disciples, to train and equip them to be followers of Jesus. He gave a second instruction, or later on in Acts 1, 8, Jesus said, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You and I are called to partner with God to be his witnesses, 
to be his ambassador, someone who represents him here on earth. You and I are called to mission. You and I, friends, we, us, the church, we are what mission looks like. See, our mission here at Gateway, our heart here at Gateway is up there on the wall. Relationship with God, grace to all. And our mission statement says this, we exist to care for our community and connect every individual and their families to God, to see all loved, reached, included, and restored, that all would have the opportunity for relationship with God and know God's grace to all. What a powerful statement. What a powerful statement that reflects Jesus' words. What a powerful statement that reflects Jesus' statement regarding the greatest commandment. Love God, love your neighbor as yourself, that we see in Matthew 22, 37 to 39. Jesus replied, you must, love your neighbor, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Relationship with God, love God. Grace to all, love your neighbor as yourself. You know, when Jesus was, um, was, Jesus was speaking about this, there was a religious expert there who asked him, who said the statement to him, love your neighbor as yourself. And he says, but who is my neighbor? And Jesus told this powerful story, a story that's well known in the Bible, the story of the parable of the Good Samaritan. So Jesus tells this story and the account is in Luke chapter 10, verses 29 to 37. If you're following along the Bible or be up on the screen. Jesus replied with the story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw him, he felt compassion for the man, for him. See, if I look at those scriptures, there's a common theme, a common thread that I say, see here. All those three men, they were on the road. They were on the road. They were walking on the road. They were in the world. See, this was their mission field, the road they were walking along. And sometimes maybe we think this is what the mission field looks like, you know, that whole idea of the ends of the earth. A foreign, again, a foreign nation, a developing village where there's work to be done there. Perhaps we think mission looks like our church building, the four walls of this church, the building of the church. Again, that's definitely one aspect of mission. But can I encourage you that this morning that perhaps your mission field, my mission field, is wherever God has placed us in our community. Your mission field, my mission field, is wherever God has placed us in your community. Aaron, at your workplace with your workmates, that's your mission field. Stuart, in your work, that's your mission field. Eliza, the people that you interact with, the mums that you interact with, that's your mission field. Can I encourage you that your mission field is wherever you are placed in your community? So what could your mission field look like? Perhaps it's your workplace. You know, perhaps it's your local shopping centre. Perhaps it's youth on a Friday night where you're part of the team. Perhaps it's being a part of the community pantry who minister food support to our community each week. Perhaps the local gym or your sports club. Perhaps it's a community group that you're part of, your mum's group, your book club. It could be your school drop-off, school pickup, where you meet other parents who are dropping off their kids. 
again, as I'm speaking, what is your mission feel? Insert your picture there. What's your mission feel? Where has God called you to? Where have you been placed that you can be a beacon light of hope to the world? What is your mission field? Where has God placed you in your community? So we've looked at the who mission looks like, you and I, right? Where the mission field could be. Insert your mission field here. But what does practically outworking missions actually look like? Let's go back to the story of the Good Samaritan. In Luke 10, verse 34, it says this. Going over to him, the Samaritans soothed the wounds of the man who was injured with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man in his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. Can I encourage you? The Samaritans saw the need. He saw the need. He saw the injured man and he saw the need and he did something about it. Can you and I be people who look for and see the need? See, I think of Eliza, who a little while back, she had met someone and realized that they might need some practical food support. And she contacted us and said, hey, can we, can we provide some support this person with food from the community pantry? But, you know, she saw the need, but then she also actioned the need. Because then she said, do you know what? I'm going to come down one Friday. I'm going to grab a bag, a food parcel, and take it to the person. She saw the need. She outworked mission that moment. See, the Samaritan man helped what he could. He bandaged his wounds. He took him, um, bandaged with olive oil and cleaned them and took him to the inn. What does this mean for us today? We help in whatever way we are able to. That's what outworking missions looks like. Loving, supporting, and caring for people in whatever way we can. Again, sometimes we think of mission as this big fire. I've got to go somewhere different. I've got to go on this trip or something to, to, to do missions, to be a part of missions. But maybe missions looks like helping someone in the supermarket who's carrying heavy shopping. Maybe missions looks like visiting someone in the hospital who is unwell or someone in a nursing home. Maybe missions looks like supporting people in our community with food, food support. Maybe missions looks like being a parent full-time at home at the moment because you've got kids that need you at the moment. That's mission. Maybe mission looks like going for a walk with a friend, telling them the story of what God has done in your life. Maybe mission looks like volunteering in your community. Maybe mission looks like serving at church. Maybe mission looks like what we spoke about already, inviting someone to Christmas carols, to Easter, to Invitation Sunday. See, as I look across this room, I see people who are walking in fulfilling mission, outworking mission. I think of the numerous people that took flyers to the community pantry when we launched. I think of Lisa and her kids going out into the community, handing out flyers. I think of Diane and Mary and Warren Barbara who took flyers and took them on their walk. Other people on their daily walks, popping them in mailboxes. I think of Pastor Carrie who saw the need on a Friday night for Gateway Youth needing more leaders. And she's like, do you know what? I'm on the road. I see the mission field that's needing it. I'm going to be a part of this team. Can I encourage you? I see you guys out working mission, that each of us are the face of mission, that each of us have a mission field and each of us can outwork mission, whatever it looks like in our lives. And then you might, you might hear all these things and be like, oh, I, I don't know if I have the ability or the capacity to do these things. Can I encourage you though, missions is still for you. Missions is still for you. See, if we read further in the story of the Good Samaritan, in verse 35, it says, the next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins telling him, take care of this man. If the bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you next time I'm here. The Samaritan man took the injured man to the inn. He did what he could with his wounds, with caring for him. But then he gave finances to the innkeeper who, to do what he couldn't do. 
to provide further care. He gave money to the innkeeper to do what he couldn't do so that further care could be provided. See, what could outworking missions look like? We can't always go, let's be honest. We can't always do, but perhaps we can support those doing the work. You know, in a couple of minutes, Pastor Lee will talk about some of our mission initiatives. And maybe you can't physically be a part of caring for people. Maybe you can't physically serve, but perhaps you have the capacity to give financially. Maybe you currently don't have the capacity to give or to volunteer. You know, you've got a busy full life. You've got a family that you're caring for. Like, that's a real thing. But perhaps you can partner in prayer. You can still be a part of missions. Perhaps you can partner practically from home. You know, something that maybe you could look at doing is writing to one of our compassion kids, writing a, writing a letter to them. Whatever it looks like, whatever your capacity is, we have the opportunity to partner with God in missions. You and I have the opportunity to partner with God in missions. See, in Luke 30, 30, verse 10, verse 36 to 7, as we're finishing the story of the Good Samaritan, Jesus asked the religious leader again. He says, Now which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, The one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, Yes, now go and do the same. Jesus said, Yes, now go and do the same. See, Jesus said that we should behave like the Samaritan did, that we care and support those in need, that we can support for those who are hurting like the man who was injured that we should outwork mission. My friends, can I encourage you? Missions matters to Jesus. Missions matters to Jesus. So as this falls, it should matter to us. This is emphasized in Matthew 25, verse 35 to 34, which I think is such a powerful passage of scripture. And it, it actually is such a sobering one, but an encouraging one for me when I read it. Matthew 25, 35 to 40. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you in sick, sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, Jesus will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it for the least of one, one of the least of these brothers of my sister's you were doing it for me. I tell you the truth, when you did it for one of the least of these brothers and my sisters, you were doing it for Jesus. Caring for people and supporting people in need is like serving Jesus. What a sobering and encouraging thought that caring for people and supporting people, is, it matters to Jesus. So as his followers, it should matter to us. Can I encourage you, my friend, look to the person on your left. If there's someone on your left, look to the person on your right. Look the person in front of you and behind you, behind if you're on the front row. That is what mission looks like. You are what mission looks like. We are all called to mission. Pastor Lee, why don't you come around and call us around missions? Call us to action around missions. Encouraging, isn't it? It's God's heart. So, how are we going to activate and outwork the call of mission specifically to the people that we're, we're called to, how we're going to be on the Great Commission together. Well, on your way in, you should have received one of these. Did everyone get one? If you didn't get one, just gently raise your hand up and someone will come and give you one. Thank you. I see that there's lots of hands. Thank you, Grant. Bevan doesn't need one. He printed it. He should have memorized it already. 
in this booklet is some really, really key information about how we are going to be called to action to be on mission, to join in the Great Commission. So this is our 2023-24 missions booklet. I'm not going to go through in depth and detail each thing and ask you to sign up. No, 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 no. This is for you to take home and read. This is for you to, to know what we are committed to for the next 12 months as, as a local church. So I'll, I'll read through the headings of those things, but I'm going to let you go home and read those things. So we are committed to, we always have been, we've committed to church planning, both locally and globally. We were, we were planted by a church planning church, and it's, it's in our DNA. We believe that the gospel must continue to go forward into areas where it hasn't been heard before. We're committed to global missions and our global missions initiatives this for this next 12 months is compassion. We've been consistently supporting three beautiful young kids over the past many years and they are growing up. For those of you who have been a while, you, you start to see how tall they're getting. So oh, we've been supporting these kids for a bit. You know, the blessing is one day in the future, they're going to finish high school. Some of them will choose to go to university or some of them will choose to work in the local. We are part of their journey of stepping forward into everything God, God has for them. We're also supporting ACCI Missions and Relief. That's the, the global arm of ACC Australia. Wherever there's a need, we want to support their work. Amen. The other one is, the other missions initiative globally we've got is nations and end of, ends of the earth. It's in the scriptures. So we doesn't matter where it is. You can see in your book that there's a list of different places that we've supported in the past. And wherever the need comes up again, we will make sure that we're able to support that. For those of you who are, are wired this way, we make sure that we do some uh, deliberate fact-checking of where the money is going to. But we're not going to accidentally support something that we shouldn't. It's really important. People, Governance is really, really important. Amen. Um, our local missions initiatives. Well, Gateway Stronger Communities. Um, we are... Uh, that information is on page nine, and it tells you what the heart of Gateway Stronger Communities Initiative is. We have been consistently, over many years as a church, been supporting local community. But this year on July 7th, we upped our output when it came to taking care of our local community. I want to encourage you, this, that is just the beginning of what we're believing for. On page nine, you can see of Stronger Communities all the different things that Stronger Communities has specifically been set up for. That is, that is the heart of us towards our community. Anyone who fits inside of those categories, we want to make sure. But let me tell you that that is just the beginning. Those extra things that we haven't activated yet, that's the beginning. That's what we're dreaming towards. And when we reach those things, we start dreaming towards the next things. Stronger Communities has been set up by someone who really knows what they're doing, that it can flourish into many things later on. I'm not going to like, talk about what they are yet because it'd be like, oh, let's do it now. So, it, but it's set up to grow, to really take care of the community. Amen. The other, our, our other major local missions initiative is Youth Love Victoria. Uh, for those of you who have been with us a while, we have supported Youth Alive at a local level and a state level for a very, very, very long time. We've also been facilitators within our local community of helping to run Youth Alive events. You know, let's be clear. The next generations are the future generations of the church. The young people that come into these Youth Alive events 
hear the good news of Jesus. They are the future pillars of the local church. That is one of the reasons that we support Youth Alive. We, are, we believe that the next generation, the, the teenagers right now, must be revived by the presence of God, must be restored by, the, by Jesus. Amen? So, just briefly, I just want to talk about our giving summary. We like to be really transparent with what we've been doing over the past little bit. Um, some of you will look at this and perhaps be a little bit disappointed, but I, I don't want you to be. Um, I say it for this reason. When you, when you refer to like our last giving summary, you'll be like, oh, there's a big difference there. Something happened in the middle there. Does, it, does everyone remember? <laughs> um, so over the past uh, 12 months, we have specifically sent to the mission field $13,737.31. Um, you'll notice there that our missions giving was around that $5,000 mark, but we sent out extra funds anyway. Who thinks it's important when there's a need, that if, there's a, if there's money there to send, just send it anyway? That, that's the heart, amen. Um, I've put our past giving summary and this 12 months, I just want to remind us, we are a mission and mission-focused church. That is the heartbeat of, of our church. Always has been and it always will be. Um, I want to call us to action this morning. I'm not, going to, I'm not trying to get you to sign up for anything. I just want to call us to action. Who believes that intention is important? When you have intention, you know what your plan is. You know what you're aiming towards. I think it's really important within our families to have intention for our families. Within our marriages, to have intention. For our careers, to have intention. What are we actually aiming towards? Within missions, what is our intention what is going to be your contribution to mission what's your intention what's going to be your heart what's going to be your prayer what's going to be your action around mission Reno's already mentioned this passage of scripture but I feel like it's so crucially important Matthew 22 36 to 39 Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Our intention must be birthed out of the first commandment. If it's not birthed out of the first commandment, it's only birthed out of the second one. We're going to have an issue because it's intention for the benefit of self, right? No, no, we, we love God with all of our heart and our intention is birthed out of wanting to join, join him. This is a second equally important is to love your neighbor as yourself. This is our call to action, to love God and love others as we love ourselves, to be followers of Jesus who are so in love with God. All of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind is consumed by love for him. Maybe for some people within this room, this is a reminder. You, that's the place that I need to be outworking from. Be inspired and being reinvigorated by that this morning. Amen. See, to be followers of Jesus that love others as deeply as Jesus loved us first. Amen. See, how deep is that? What is 
defined as extravagant love. What's that deep form of extravagant love that Jesus is calling us to? Renu shared Matthew 25, 35 to 40. It's about being, I was hungry and you fed me and I was thirsty and you gave me a drink and you invited me into your home. I, I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. Deep, extravagant love to people who are just really needing us to activate and action it. Because he finishes with saying, I tell you the truth, when you did it for one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it for me. When we love people in that way, we're fulfilling the first commandment. Ever heard of like that before? See, the extravagance of your love, the depth of your love for others is found in showing this type of love. Can I encourage you? God loved you so deeply. God loved you so much. How, how can we find ourselves, this is a question that many of us go through, how can we find ourselves worthy of this love that God showed us? I want, I, I need, I'm saying this because I need you to reconcile it. Because if we can't find ourselves worthy of the love that God shows us, we won't love ourselves. And if we don't love ourselves, well, how can we love others? Amen. We need to, we need to find the truth in the Scriptures this morning. Romans 5 verse 8 says this, But God showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. So if you're struggling to reconcile it now, there's moments where you're like, I, this is really difficult. God sent Jesus for you before you'd done anything good, before you'd loved anyone well. He sent Jesus for you then. There's nothing left to reconcile. There's nothing left to reconcile. He loved you before you'd ever done anything good. There's nothing that you can do right now that will make him appreciate or love you anymore. You are esteemed and found worthy as a son and a daughter of God. Why? Because God loved you so much that he sent Jesus while we were still sinners. This is how we learn to love ourselves when we appreciate that even before we'd committed to do anything good, even before we fulfilled any call to action, God loved us. He found us worthy of being loved. Therefore, if it's good enough for God to find us worthy of being loved, then surely we're worthy of loving ourselves. Surely we're worthy of loving ourselves. See, we are now carrying the best in ourselves. There was a moment when we were carrying the worst of ourselves, yet God still loved us. But now we're carrying the best in ourselves, Jesus. How could we show malice to ourselves when we're carrying the best in ourselves? Amen. Let it be an encouragement for you to lift up your head today. See, the transformation of our hearts and our soul and our mind through Jesus activates a chain reaction of love. A chain reaction of love is what's been activated. It's a reaction of love upwards, outwards, and inwards. We love God. We love others as we love ourselves. The transforming love of God inwards is what flows out, amen, towards others. Who's ready for a little bit of challenge this morning? Just a, just going to sprinkle a little bit on there. See, there's sometimes that we discount ourselves. It's like, oh, I can't, 
can't do anything with missions. Like, I'm super busy. I've got a whole season to get through of my favorite Netflix show before I do anything else. It's a bit, it's a bit cynical, isn't it? But sometimes true. We discount ourselves. Oh, I, I can't go. I can't. I, c- I could never walk into the city and just like sit down and have a conversation with someone. Maybe that's true. Maybe that's not within within your ability right now. But what is within your ability? What is within your ability right now? See, we can give financial support. That's awesome. It's it's so great to financially support support things. It's how people get cared for and looked after. This is good. We can give love for others. This is great. So we can give money, that's good, but we can give love for others. How, how do we give love for others? There's some great ways that Rena's already talked about that today. Can I, I, I just, I find personally, the greatest way that someone can give love to me is to be kind. The one thing that is missing from our society and our culture right now is kindness. There is so much judgment, so much judgment on social media. So much judgment within the workplace. Everyone's clamoring to try and get over your cold, dead body to get to your position. Kindness. Kindness. What does kindness do? It shows the mercy and love of God. Be kind. This is what I love about that Samaritan story that Pastor Renu shared. See, the Samaritan found someone in need of love and care. Just found someone in need of love and care. It's as simple as that. The Samaritan took an injured man to the inn. Really, really simple. The Samaritan made sure that the injured man received loving care. Who is in your world right now that you know needs some really simple love and care? They might rebuff it. Just keep on giving it. They might rebuff it. Just keep on giving it. They might be untrusting of someone who shows love and care. Just keep giving it gently, kindly, giving love and care. See, sometimes we give the care and love personally. Other times we take them to an inn where someone else can can help with that. Either way, we're loving others with the love that has transformed us. Amen. Uh, This is the sprinkle bit this morning. Who was your Samaritan? Who was your Samaritan? Who was the person in your moment of the deepest need of love and care who stopped and showed you love and kindness? Sit in it for a moment. Think back. This should be giving you feelings and vibes right now. Think back. Who was the person? They didn't have to stop. They didn't have to show love and care. But they were so filled with the love of God that they had to. They had to stop. They had to intervene for you. See, it's because of your Samaritan that you are here today. It's because of your Samaritan that you have brothers and sisters around you. It's because of your Samaritan that you're included as a son and daughter of the Most High God. See, I, I wasn't in a ditch. 
But I can certainly say to you that I needed urgent attention. I don't know about your story, but I know, I know my story. I was definitely in need of urgent attention. See, my Samaritan was someone by the name of Blake Hammett. That was my Samaritan. He's the person when everyone else was walking by, thinking, this kid's a muppet. Just stop. Why do you do those things? Because I've got no impulse control. That's why I'm doing those things. Because I'm hurt. That's why I'm doing those things. But I didn't put him off. He didn't walk past. He kept asking and asking and asking and asking until I said yes, that he could take me to the inn. And it's when I was at the inn that the good news of Jesus got shared with me. The hope of salvation got shared with me. See, we are called to be Samaritans to others. You may not always be present. You may give some resources. Maybe you're a first responder that gives the attention that's needed, bringing them to care, bringing them to Jesus, bringing them to food, bringing them to sustenance, whatever it is they need to be brought to. We are the Samaritans that Jesus has called to the people of our city. Amen. This is a call to action to activate the heart and love of God. Who are you called to? Someone was a Samaritan to you. Who are you called to be the Samaritan to? See, this is our call to action for missions. This is our call to the Great Commission. This is our call to being on commission. Why don't we stand to our feet for a moment this morning? It's the desire of my heart this morning that we catch, catch a glimpse of what we can do. We catch a glimpse of what we can step out in. Don't be scared by the bigger things. Just embrace the smaller things that you can step into right now. Let's close our eyes for a moment. God, it's my heart's desire right now that you begin to give us a fresh glimpse, a fresh revelation of the people, the family, the colleagues, the people that we don't know yet. Give us a glimpse, a revelation of who you have called us to, to be Samaritans, to offer loving kindness and tender care that show the mercy and grace of God. Give us a glimpse, God. Give us a fresh revelation, Lord Jesus. that we would not put our heads down and walk past, that we would not focus on things of unimportance, but you would see the very people in need of care, in need of love. Holy Spirit, let us love others the way that you've taught us to love ourselves. It's with the love that you showed us even before we were found worthy. As we love ourselves, let it pour over and overflow into the people that need loving care. Holy Spirit, this isn't something new that we're stepping into, God. We have always been a mission-focused church. This is a reminder that we are, we are at it fresh again, Lord Jesus, embracing the people of our city that you've called us to, gently and loving, caring for them, Lord Jesus.
Holy Spirit. Lord, the prayer of our heart today is use us so that the world will see your love for them. One more time, use us so that the world will see your love for them, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Do you agree with that prayer this morning? Use us so the world will see your love for them. If you agreed with it this morning, now it's time not to be surprised. When you, the Good Samaritan, are walking along through your world, that God is going to put people in front of you. Amen. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. Give them what you can. Show love in the way that you can. Before we finish up this morning, uh, if you're online or in the room today and you don't know Jesus personally, the picture of the Good Samaritan is a picture of how much God loves you. God would never walk past someone who needs loving care, who needs to be restored. That's how much God loves you. Sent Jesus even before you were aware that he loved you. God is your good Samaritan today. He doesn't want to just heal your wounds. He wants to restore your heart and your soul as well. To feel that place in your spirit that's been searching for something. That's, that's why you're here or that's why you're watching now at a later time. So just with our eyes closed and our heads bowed this morning, I want to give all of us the opportunity to, to respond to Jesus, to respond to the hope of God. Maybe you've been walking through this world, trying to do the very best you can, but you still find there's something missing. It's the love of Jesus. It's Jesus residing in us that restores us back to our loving God. That's why God sent Jesus to go to the cross, be buried, and rise again on the third day so that our sins could be forgiven and we can be loved and approved by Him. So I'm going to ask you, if that's you, it's like, yeah, I need that. If you're online, in, this, in the room today, we're going to pray a prayer together as a church. And this is a prayer of action that I'm inviting you to pray as well. Pray this after me. Dear God, I thank you that you sent Jesus to die on a cross, be buried, and rise again for the forgiveness of my sins. I repent of my sin. From this day on, I choose to follow you for all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray that that message was a blessing to you. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, first of all, congratulations. We think that that is incredible. And secondly, if you go to gc.org.au forward slash first steps, our team has put together some resources as well as there's some information there for how you can get in contact with one of our pastors because we'd love to encourage you and connect you into the life of the church.